Proverbs chapter 6 and look at verse 20. Let's start right there. Here's what the wise man says to his boy. Verse 20, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. And I want to stop reading right there just for right now, but if you'll leave your Bible open, we might look at some other verses in this, uh, in this chapter tonight. But we know that when we come to the Proverbs, we have opened up what is a collection of wise sayings that give instruction for life and for godliness uh, and for success uh, in all kinds of realms, spiritual, even financial success, even a lost man could take the Proverbs and apply them to his life and have a measure of success. There are financial principles, business principles, parenting principles, all kind of, all kind of things throughout there. Of course, if you don't know Jesus Christ, none of them are really going to make sense to you like they could and have the effect in your life that they could. But yet, they're just wise sayings that are true for anybody and everybody on the face of this earth. And of course, most of them we know were given to us by Solomon. And they were compiled together. In fact, the Proverbs is one of those where not every verse has something to do with the verse that comes after it or before it. They seem to be uh, kind of in a random order. Um, the best way to study Proverbs is to do it by, by subject. Pick a subject and go through and like pearls on a strand, just begin to put them together and you'll come up with wisdom on that entire subject. It may start in Proverbs 1 and run all the way to Proverbs 30, 31, but you could find something about that subject all throughout, all throughout the Proverbs. But every now and then you'll come to some verses that, 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 that it's, it's a kind of a longer paragraph section and I believe we find that here. I think there's, there's, there's more than just one little saying and then another little saying and another little saying. And of course, this is, pro, this is a Solomon he's speaking to his son, giving him wisdom for his life. And of course, we know this as well. I think this goes without saying, but you do know this is more than just the wisdom of Solomon. It's in our word of God. It's in the Bible. This is the very word of God. These are inspired by God. Were there other wise sayings that were not inspired by God? Absolutely, that are probably true. But these that we have in the word of God are inspired by the Holy Ghost for us to have as inspired scripture. And so this is God speaking to us. And this is a very simple thought, but I want to look at these verses and I, I want to think about this together tonight. Giving our children the Word of God. Giving our children the Word of God. And that's what I want to think about and just emphasize tonight just for a moment before we go home. Giving our children the Word of God. Do you see that in these verses? There's a father's commandment and there's the law of a mother and they are to bind them. The children are to bind them continually about, 
about their, their, their heart and tie them about their neck. And I see just a couple things going on in this text. Number one, I want to show you that there is a responsibility in these verses. Do you see responsibility? This is really a command to the children. This is a command to the younger generation. And the command is taking what their parents give them, taking that instruction and taking that commandment, taking that law and to bind it to their hearts, tie them about their necks. What does that mean? That means it goes with you wherever you go. It is constantly before you. It is constantly around you. It is something that you do not forget. It's almost a command to the children not to forget what your parents have taught you, not to forget. Do not forsake it because it will have an impact on your life as we'll see here in just a minute. Doesn't it seem like we live in a day, and I guess maybe every generation has been like this. I really don't know because I haven't been around for every generation. But it just seems like our generation, my generation, and the generation that's even coming up under, under us now, uh, it seems like... Uh, they believe in their heart that they are smarter than the previous generation. They feel like the, 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 their fathers in front of them, their forefathers, they, they don't have anything wise to give them. They don't have anything uh, wise to pass down for them. And I guess that is just the disease of youth, isn't it? Just the know-it-all disease. You think that you know it all. Some people overcome it. Some people get, get out of it and they grow out of it. Other people don't. And they grow up thinking they know everything and that nobody can tell them nothing. Well, the Bible has a word for somebody like that. They're called a fool. Amen. A fool is somebody who thinks they know everything and can't want anybody telling them nothing. But can I tell you, young people, one of the best things that you could ever do is listen to your mama and listen to your daddy. Listen to older people. That is the Bible way for the aged to teach the younger. And there is a responsibility on the part of young people. And young is anybody 35 and under. That is what young is. If you're over 35, you're old. Now next year that may change, but right now... It's 35 and under. Amen. And it is the responsibility of young people to listen to another... They might just know what they're talking about just a little bit. They might have some kind of clue. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they've been around the block just a little bit. Maybe they know what's going on in life just a little bit. And it is our responsibility... Uh, to listen. But here, here's what I think. I, that's probably been in every generation, right? And people think they know it all. They don't want to look. Well, my parents just don't understand. Those old people, you know, 36 and over, they just don't understand. And, and you know, it's just a new day. And they just, they just don't get it, right? But here's where I think we're really messing up in this generation. And that is this, is that the older crowd has gone along with it. And instead of saying, hey, you're a fool, you need to listen. They've said, you know what? Maybe we are too old to figure out. And they go to the young people to try to get, figure out what's going on. Isn't that right? Man, I've never seen it. We got, we, got, we got children telling parents what to do. This whole society, everything is built around pleasing young people and doing what they want. Everything about society and, and, and pop culture and even our churches. You go inside your average church and it's not adult church. It's children's church in the main auditorium. It's all built for them. It's dumbed down. It's a, you know, little props and all kind of things. And, and it's, just, it's just for all the kids. It's just appealing to the kids. 
Everywhere you go, instead of, instead of trying to get them, try to coach them up and, and mature them up to our level, we've dumbed everybody else down. And we've acquiesced to them. Amen. God help us. It's a scourge on our society when children are leading our homes and leading our churches. It is. It's the judgment of God on our nation. I believe that with all my heart. The command here, the responsibility is for the children to listen to their parents. But it seems, though, that there's a twofold responsibility in this text that I see because there obviously is a responsibility on the part of the parents. It's two-way street, right? If it's the children's job to listen to their mom and dad, well, then it's mom and dad's job to say something to their kids. (laughs) To tell them something. He said, keep... Verse 20, keep thy father's commandment. Well, in order for that to happen, daddy's got to have a commandment. (laughs) Forsake not the law of thy mother. Well, in order for that to happen, mama's got to have a law. Amen. And I really believe that what is implied here, the best thing, the only real thing that we can give them is not what comes out of mama's heart and mind and not what comes out of daddy's heart and mind, but what comes out of God's heart and mind and give them the word of God. In fact, I believe that that is really actually what is in view here. It's not just a mom's random advice and a, and a daddy's random advice. I think it is as they are teaching their children the word of God because he says in verse number 23, for the commandment, is a lamp. He, he says, for the command. So he is, he, he's, he's describing what he's talking about in the previous verses. For the commandment is a lamp. What, now, what, what, what in the Word of God is a lamp? What commandment is a lamp? That's, that's the Bible, right? And the law is light. Well, what, what law is light? It's not my ideas. It's not your ideas. It's the Word of God. That is what is the lamp. That is what is the light. That is what is the way of life. The reproofs of instruction are the way of life. It is as so far as mom and dad are teaching the Word of God. And we know this. This is simple tonight. The very best thing that we could give to another generation and the very very best thing we can give to our children is give them the Word of God. Give them the Word of God. So the parent's responsibility is to make sure... That there's a, there, there's a synchronization, right? Mom and dad's word, the advice, the counsel that mom and dad are giving and passing down to the next generation, they are to make sure that that has been synchronized, that is in sync with the word of God and what God has to say. It's gotta, it, it better be the same. Better match up. I want to try to give my children counsel. I want to try to give them advice. I want to try to lead them the right way. But the best thing I can do is give them what God says. Tell them what God says. And I want what Daddy says to match what God says. And I want my kids to know enough to know that if Daddy says something and God says something different, they need to go with God. God's right. Let God be true. Somebody, somebody quoted that. This one was Brother Joe. He testified. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Even Daddy. Even Mama. Now, honor them always, respect them always, but you better realize that your, your parents are only right when they line up with the Word of God. And your preacher's only right when he lines up with the Word of God. And everybody's only right as so far as they line up with the Word of God. 
And mom and daddy, the responsibility is for us. I, I believe it. I, I believe it's our. I believe it's our desire anyway. Don't you think? I think most parents, and I would say tonight, our our desire, grandparents, uh, just uh, uh, whoever, wherever you are in in this stage of life, uh, we we are we are wanting to give our children, give the next generation, give them the the very word of God, and that is what they should bind to their heart. That is what I want the next generation to tie around their neck is the very Word of God. And I find it interesting that not only should there be a synchronization between the parents' words and God's words, but it almost seems like there ought to be a synchronization between mama's words and daddy's words, and daddy's words and mama's words. You see that? The Father's commandment and the law of thy mother. He puts them on the same plane. The assumption is this. The implication is this. Mom and daddy need to be on the same page. Amen. So mom and daddy on the same page and mom and daddy and God on the same page. And then the children listening, receiving, retaining what mom and dad and God have told them. Our children are going to get enough heresy and, uh, and, and, and false teaching from this world. We better make sure mom and daddy and God are all on the same page. There's so many voices competing for our children's faith. They want them to put their faith in what they're teaching better make sure that we're giving them the Word of God. So I see the responsibility in these verses. I see the results in these verses. That's verse number 22. Do you see that? He says, When thou goest, it shall lead thee. Now, now Solomon is talking to his son. So we're talking to the children, right? When you go, he said, When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Now, anytime I see three things in one verse, my radars and bells and whistles go off everywhere. You know why? You know what that means? That's an outline right there. There it is. There's a message. You don't have to write messages. You can find them. Amen. That's a lot better. I, like, I would much rather find an outline in the Bible than on JoyceMyers.com like I sometimes have to do. Amen. They're better if they come out of the Bible. I found that to be right. But there it is. When I read that verse, I'm like, well, there it is. There's three things right there. When thou goest, it will lead thee. Verse 22. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Put that verse up there, Brother Garrett, for me if you don't mind. Everybody can see that. When you go, it'll lead you. When you sleep, it'll keep you. When you awake, it'll talk with you. And as I began to examine that verse, I thought about the three things that our children need the most. Three things that our children need the most. You know what they need? Number one, they need leadership. They need leadership. By the way, this is what everybody needs the most. We need leadership for life. You don't ever get to the point where you don't need somebody leading you. And some people, they, they think they're going to, and some young people, they think they're going to arrive and get to the place one day when nobody's going to tell them what to do and nobody's going to lead them around. Oh, boy. 
man, you're in for a in for a rude awakening. In fact, I don't know about you, but the older I've gotten, and I'm not old yet, but the older I've gotten, I found out, you know what I crave? I crave leadership. I want leadership. I'm scared to death sometimes of being, being a quote-unquote leader. I'm like, I don't want to be the leader. I'd much rather sit back and criticize somebody else. It's a lot more fun. It's a, lot, it's a lot more fun to sit back. I love going to other camp meetings and sitting there and thinking, well, I wouldn't do it like that. I wouldn't have done my meeting like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have moderated the service like that. It's a lot more fun to do that than it is to, to do your own, you know. It's a lot more fun to go to somebody else's church and think, man, I wouldn't do that and I wouldn't do that than it is to lead your own. Yeah, I crave, I crave leader. And, and I realize just how lost and I don't mean unsaved, but you know what I'm saying? Just how easy it is to get lost in this big old world that we're living in. People need leadership. You know what else they need? He said, when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. You know what else our children need? They need leadership. Number two, they need guardianship. They need guardianship. They need protection. They need to be protected. Can you think of anything in this world our kids need to be protected from? Uh, can we be like, like everything? Like literally everything. This world is grooming our children for all kind of horrible, awful things. And if you don't believe that, it's because you got your head in the sand and you don't want to believe it. Amen. They need guardianship. They need leadership because we're not wise enough to lead ourselves. We get ourselves in trouble trying to figure it out on our own. We need guardianship because... There's many dangers and there's traps in this world. And there's things that we don't even know about. And the Word of God is a protection from the insanity of the world and even our own flesh. And then it says, And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Not only do our children need leadership and they need guardianship, but our children need fellowship. They need comfort. Can I tell you that the Word of God fills those voids and will fill those needs in their life better than anything else? That's why it says, Take the Word of God and bind it about your heart. Tie it around your neck. Don't forsake it. Don't forget it. Don't leave it alone. Why? Because those are the three greatest needs in your life. You need leadership. You need guardianship. You need fellowship. And the Word of God will fill those needs better than anything else that you could ever try to fill them with. Amen. Leadership. Guardianship, fellowship. I think about that fellowship thing. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. The Word of God. How many believe the Word of God talks? It, the Word of God does all those things. It leads, it keeps, and it speaks. It talks. And I'm going to tell you what, there's going to be some times where there is a loneliness that is so, so deep that only the Word of God will be able to fill that void in their life. A lot of our young people, they're turning to a lot of other things. Mom and Daddy, let's give them the Word of God so they have something real to turn to. 
they got something that won't hurt them. They can turn to for fellowship. In fact, and really, if you if you look at this chapter, look at this, it all goes with that. He talks about about leadership, and then verse twenty three, the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light. It, it, it leads you. It's a it's a it's a light under your feet, and a and a lamp. It's a lamp under your feet, a light under your path. That's what the that's what the word of God is, and then it, it keeps you. And then in verse number twenty four, that's what he does, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the from the stranger. You see that in verse twenty four, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. It's all right there. It, it leads you, and it keeps you. And it is for fellowship. It'll fellowship with you. It'll keep you from people. And the rest of this chapter is about the idea of not filling the void of loneliness in your life with something that will hurt you. And that's what the rest of chapter 6 is about. It talks about adultery and fornication and the strange woman. There are relationships that are bad for you and that will hurt you and destroy your life. But if you will lean on the Word of God for fellowship, you will not long for strange communion with other things. It's the Word of God that fills all those needs. And if your fellowship is not fulfilled by the Word, parents, if we do not give our children the Word of God, then guess what? They'll, they'll, they'll look and to replace that with dangerous things and dangerous people. We've got to give it to them. And I know it's a two-way street. We've got to give it to them, and they've got to receive it. The command is to the children. Bind it. Tie it. Don't forget it. Don't forsake it. But it also is a responsibility on us parents to give it to them. There's a responsibility in this text. There's the results of giving our children the Word of God. And then I thought about some reasons that we ought to give our children the Word of God. Some reasons. And I'm not going to pull them out of this text. This is more kind of a, a topic. Let me, let me get topical just for a minute. Just some things that come to my heart. It's all biblical, but just some things that come to my heart about why we should give our children the Word of God. First of all, I thought, about, I thought about the power of the Word. How many believe the Word of God is powerful? That's what the Bible says, right? Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful. I believe it's the most powerful thing that is on this earth. I believe there is kingdoms that have crumbled because of the Word of God throughout history. There are nations and, and emperors that have banned the Word of God because they recognize and realize the power that this book has. There is life. Are there anybody in here that can testify that this book has changed your life? There is power in the Word of God. No doubt about that. And the Word is simply just more powerful than anything that we could give them. And we must give them the Word of God. Why? Because, listen, your love is good and your intellect is great and your skill as a parent, I'm sure it's wonderful, and your advice and your counsel, I'm sure it's a blessing, but there is nothing as powerful as the Word of God. It is simply the best thing that we could give our children is to give them the Word of God. Mom and Daddy, you might be able to give them some leadership, but God's Word will lead them better than what you could ever lead them. You might can give them guardianship. Daddy, I know you got an arsenal full of guns and grenades and 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 and, and shotgun, you know, shotguns and what am I trying to think of? All kind of things. Flamethrowers and you probably have all kind of things to protect your children and protect your homes. You got pit bulls and deadbolts and all kind of things that you got. But listen to me, God can protect your family much better than you ever could. Amen. They ain't a daddy in here one wouldn't die protecting their family. I'm going to tell you what, but God can do it better. His word can do it better. 
Listen, you might can protect your family from some kind of intruder coming in the house, but God's Word can build a hedge around your children's heart and protect them from intruders that you'll never be able to see from coming inside their heart and in their mind and ruining their life from the inside out. From the inside out. Give them the Word of God, Mama. Give them the Word of God, Daddy. You might be able to give them fellowship. By the way, you ought to give them fellowship. You ought to spend time with them. I was reading this week about um, Susanna Wesley, the, the, the mother of Charles and John Wesley and 17 more. She had 19 kids. Don't you get no idea? 19 kids. She herself was one of 25. She had 24 siblings. She had 19 children, and it was in her heart. I was reading this about Susanna Wesley. It said that it was in her heart as a child to be a missionary. That's what God had put in her heart. She wanted to be a missionary, but for whatever reason that didn't materialize, she ended up marrying a preacher, and he was a... I don't know all the details about this, but this little thing I read described her husband as a struggling minister. I said, man, Heather can identify with that. Amen. Being married to a struggling minister. <laughs> I think he had a lot of issues. I think he had some depression and things like that, and he wasn't a very good preacher and pastored little churches and just whatever. I don't know exactly all that entailed, but, but she had 19 children, and, and she decided that, well, since she, it never materialized for her to go to the mission field, that her children would be her mission field. She made her children her mission field. By the way, I can't think of a better mission field. Our children are mission fields in and of themselves that need a missionary. Sadly, many of them don't have one. They get a friend. They get a pal. They get a provider. But they don't ever get a missionary. They don't ever get a a, a proclaimer of the word in their life. And here's what somebody asked. Here's what I was getting at with all this about Susanna Wesley. Somebody asked her about how did... How did your children turn you, John and Charles Wesley, especially those are the notable ones, but others turned out for the Lord. Some of them didn't turn out for God. That's true. I think one was a bank robber or something like that. But most of them turned out for God. And John and Charles Wesley, especially, we know them. They, they literally, God used them to bring revival to England. Amazing. Amazing men of God. And here's what she did. She said she spent an evening with each one of them individually. On Monday, she spent one Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. She would give them one-on-one attention. every. Now, I don't know how in the world practically that, that played out and how that worked, but that's what she said. She would give one this evening and one that evening and one that evening, and one-on-one she discipled them and she gave them the Word of God and of course, if it was that way, you only got to spend a week, you know, an, an evening with mom, like what, once every two and a half weeks, something like that. But she spent an evening with every one of them, one-on-one. Your, your children need fellowship, is what I'm trying to say. They need our fellowship. That's how kids spell love, isn't it? T-I-M-E. They'd much rather have you than they would have a bunch of stuff, no matter what they say. I promise you that. Fellowship, but let me tell you something. The Word of God is a more powerful fellowship partner 
than what you could ever be in their life. It can reach them in deep levels of their soul that you'll never be able to connect with them at. They need the Word of God. I'm talking about why should we give them? Because there is power, you know, the power of the Word. Number two, let me give you another reason, the permanence of the Word. The permanence of the Word. One of the supernatural aspects about the Word of God is this, is that it is eternal. Isn't that what the Bible says? The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall what? Stand forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My word shall what? Not pass away. It lasts forever and ever and ever and ever. Here's the truth. The word of God is eternal. The word of God is forever. Look up here. You're not. In so much as living in this body, I know we're going to live forever. But one day, Mom and Dad, and I'm not trying to get morbid in here tonight, but listen, one day you're not going to be around. You're not going to be, you're going to be gone. You're going to be gone. You know what we ought to give our kids? We ought to give them something that will outlast us. We ought to give them something that will go beyond us. The Word of God never ends. We do. In fact, that's really the context. When he talks about, you know, the flesh is grass and it withereth away. All flesh is grass. But the Word of our God, it stands forever. It shall endure. It goes on forever and ever. We, people live and people die, but the Word of God remains. Give your children something that will last. And by the way, even if you're not dead, even if you hang around, look up here, you can't be everywhere. You understand, you're not always going to be around to give your kids leadership, even if you're still alive and breathing. You can't always be around to protect your kids from some things. Isn't that right? They grow up, they start driving, they get jobs, they get married. They move, they, well, hopefully they'd moved out before then, but you know, they're out of the house. You're not going to be around. You can't. Listen, I think you ought to monitor their internet and you ought to monitor where they are and who they're with and all that. Monitor all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you're not around all the time. You can't guard them from things in this world all the time. Let me tell you something. The Word of God can. That fellowship. You may not always... You're, you're going to get out of here one day. They were not going to be able to... There's going to be a day they're not going to be able to pick up the phone and call you. They'll have a Bible. They can open it up. They can look inside of it. The power of the Word. The permanence of the Word. It's eternal. It's always there. You need to connect your children to something that can be available to them every moment of every day for the rest of their lives. And that's not you. But it is the Word. It is the Word. And then I would say, lastly, the perfection of the Word. Simply put, the Word of God is perfect. But we're not as parents. I don't think there'd be any parent that would stand up and say their parenting is perfect. But can I tell you, you, you know one of the best ways to make up for a lot of stupid parenting mistakes Here's the best way, bar none. Give them that book right there. Give them that Bible. 
You know why? Because it's always right and it's always perfect. And you need to give it to your children and you need to tell them, look, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've not done everything right. And listen, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a perfect parent. By the way, kids, your parents aren't perfect. If you expect them to be, you're going to be very disappointed. You're not perfect. They're not perfect. Give your mom and daddy some grace. Back up just a little bit and chill out. Give your mom and daddy some grace. They're trying to figure things out, all right? Amen. They ain't got it all figured out. But they will when you have kids, and they'll help you. Amen. Tell you how to raise your kids. This word will make up for a lot of bad mistakes, and the word will never leave them lead them wrong. It'll protect them from what they need to be protected from. It'll comfort them perfectly. And listen, let me say this, and I'm done. Miss Maddie, you can come to the piano. You cannot be a perfect parent. You'll never be. But you can give your children a perfect book. And you can give your children a perfect word of God. Give them the word of God. It'll lead them, it'll keep them, and it'll talk with them. And that's what our children need more than anything. And I can't think of anything to fulfill those needs in their life better than giving them the Word of God. Give your children the Word of God. Now, can I give you some pastoral, practical little things here? I don't even know if, I mean, I don't even know if I'm giving an invitation tonight. I don't know. I mean, we all need to be in the altar. We all need to say, yeah, we're going to give our kids the Word of God. Amen. All right, let's go home. So we all need to do that, no doubt about it. But maybe we can just end on just a little practical something. Giving your children the word of God. What does that mean? We can all say, amen, we need to give our kids the Bible. Okay, well, what, does that, what does that look like? What does that look like? Can I give you, can I give you just like a real practical something? It's, it's so practical, some of you ain't going to like it. You're looking for something mystical. You're looking for an angel to come down out of heaven. And then the, the Bible floats off the shelf, you know, and opens up. And look, children, the Word of God. That's only happened in our house twice, okay? So I know it don't happen in y'all's house. <laughs> You're looking for something mystical. No, 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 no. It's practical. That's where it's at. It's in the practical. That's where you'll find it. Here's where you find the practical. Here's where it is. It's, I'm telling you, it's so practical. Some of you, you're going to throw something at me. You ready? Be faithful to church. Have your kids in Sunday school. You, you want your kids to get the Word of God? Bring them to where the Word of God's being taught. Bring them to where the Word of God's being preached. Don't tell me you want to give your kids the Word of God and you don't bring them to Sunday school. Don't, that makes zero sense. I mean, it's like a, like a football bat. I mean, I just, what is that? That doesn't even make sense. I want my kids to have the Word of God, but, but you don't bring them to Sunday school. You don't have them in church. Sunday, there's Sunday morning, there's Sunday night, there's Wednesday night, there's every night a revival. The Word of God is literally opened up and explained and expounded and preached right here from this pulpit. And you want your kids to know it? Have them here. Amen. Makes sense to me. Be here. Be faithful. Number two, make sure that you are 
reading the Bible with your children. I think it's pretty simple. They got to get the Word of God at home. I think it's best to homeschool your kids or to put your kids in Christian school where they're in an environment every day getting the Word of God. But if you don't do that and you have your kids in public school, then you definitely, you definitely, listen to me. And I'm not getting anybody's business telling you what to do with your kids. You'll have to answer God for them. I'm not going to answer to God for them. Thank God. I don't even want to answer God for my kids, but I will. I have to. I'm not telling you what to do. All I'm telling you is I'm thankful my kids are in a place that they get the Word of God every single day. I'm thankful for that. And if we didn't have a Christian school here, we'd have ours at home. I would never, ever, ever send my kids off to government schools. I'm not going to do it as, I mean, as best I can. I would never do that because I want what they're getting at school and what they're getting at church and what they're getting at home, I want it to all sync up. All sync up. I want them to get the Word of God all together in one place. I don't want, I don't want them hearing one thing and have to talk, hear about how kids can use litter boxes at school and how men and men can get married and it's okay for women to get married and to other women and all that, can, hear all that. And then I don't understand how some people put their kids in that. They don't ever come to Sunday school and then they don't read the Bible with their kids at home. I mean, you're talking about that's a trifecta of, I mean, of just, of just hoping for disaster. Now, you do what you need to do with your kids. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just saying if they're not getting it at school or in a homeschool program, something like that, then you have to work extra hard. Make sure in the evening time before you go to bed, get out the Bible and read it together. Amen. Read the Bible together. I'm talking about, listen, we're either giving our children the Word of God or we're not. They're not just going to get it by osmosis. You can't just, you know, stick it upside their head and hope some of it leaks in their ears. You've got to give it to them. Give them the Word of God. Read the Bible with your family. Memorize Scripture together. I mean, you know, not everybody likes that, but it's the truth. I'm preaching truth tonight. I'm preaching truth tonight. And we're going to claim this promise. Claim this truth. Remember this truth. Where the Bible says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And when he's talking about thoughts and he's talking about ways, he's talking about his word. And you'll find that out as you read. For the, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. What he's saying is, is what I got is better than what you got. What, what, I, what I can give your children is better than what you. So give them what I got. Give them my thoughts. Give them my ways. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from the heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Listen, it shall not return unto me void. I believe that with all my heart. I believe we put that word of God in our children's life and it will have an impact on them. The word of God is so powerful, it can't not do something. Now, they may rebel against it. They may go a million miles an hour in the other direction, but you will never convince me that giving our children the word of God, saturating their minds and their hearts and their lives with the word of God as much as we possibly can all the day long, every single day, you can't tell me that doesn't have an impact on their life 
somewhere down the road. And you'll never convince me that the absence of that doesn't have an impact on their life as well. He said, it'll accomplish what I please, that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. The word of God will, just like rain waters the earth and it brings forth fruit, God's word will not come back void. I believe that with all my heart. Let's stand together.